The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to task him. Sound thinking. Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Trying to well, figure stuff out. Now, now, that I, now that I finally dug myself out of the foot of snow we had last <laughs> week. I'll say, how much did you end up getting? About a foot or so. A little over a foot, maybe. Is it all gone by now? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so, Although it's supposed to rain on Christmas. So typically in the Star Wars app, they say your area is like what planet? Hoth. Okay, outside of winter. Uh, I've got Naboo. Um, I don't remember what else. So you pretty much on what last Wednesday went from Naboo to Hoth overnight. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. Right now it's saying Alderaan here. That's because it's in, you're in Alderaan places. Uh-huh. Um. No, I, I I did tell you guys I, I did tell you guys why Santa's helpers are always a little down. Oh no, it's because they have low elf esteem. See, even when we don't have guests on, we still <laughs> get stuck with stuff. <laughs> um, check out the homepage wookieradio.net. Uh, check out our web store. Check out our our good friends at <laughs> where you'll find more jokes like that. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> Also, to check out our partners at Biddy Boomers, uh, BiddyBoomers.com. Use the code WeBeGeeks, all one word, for 15% off your purchase. Um, if you're and having. Biddy Boomers, 
Baby boomers are the perfect size and great for stocking stuffers. I mean, you can't yeah. go on the website to get them now, but all your targets, Walmarts, everybody has these things stocked all over the place. And the child bitty boomer is beautiful. It is awesome. I will tell you, I I have been, I have my Iron Man one in my backpack for work, and I have it connected. And there's a few streaming sites I go to where they compress the crap out of the audio, even when it's at when the computer goes hundred percent, it's still hard to hear. I pair up Iron Man, and I'm backing that. Pu- I'm backing the computer down from hundred percent to almost fifty percent for it to be, and, it, and it's plenty loud. So, I mean, we've talked about before, you know, when in the video, you know, we've done the different audio level demos. I will tell you, these things are best bitty, best Bluetooth speaker I have ever used. And I have used and, my share. And a fun little fact, if you say Biddy Boomers fast three times, you sound like Tweaky from Buck Rogers. Would you like to demonstrate? No. <laughs> <laughs> then we don't you realize like you. a third, at least a third or if not a half of the people listening have no idea what you're talking about. I know. Yeah. Which is sad, but it's still sad, but true. I know. Well, hey, that actually is available for streaming people. Look it up. Yes, it is. Yeah, no kidding. I believe the original Battlestar. Let's see. I don't know. If- the original Battlestar Galactica is the same way. Yeah, I think Buck Rogers I know is on the NBC app. I don't know if it's on Peacock, but if you get the NBC app, the original one, Buck Rogers is on there. Yeah, I have to check that if it's on Peacock. One of the drummers I worked with in a band at um, Epcot gave me one year for Christmas. He he had gotten it, never opened it, and it's like, yeah, uh, he gave me a copy of Battlestar Galactica 1980. Oh, nice! The full the full season. <laughs> All six episodes or seven episodes, whatever it was. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> God, that was a horrible right. show, but it was fun. But I'm give Tweaky a try. Let's see if it let's see if it works. And Tweaky was played by Felix Silva. Ah yes. Uh I don't I know he was in the outfit. He was not the voice, but he was in the outfit. The voice, I believe, was Mel Blank. I think it was Mel Blank. Yeah. And uh, actually, Chris and I couldn't remember this the other day when we were doing Keepers. You remember what, what the robot, the circle robot he carried around, was called? Doctor Theopolis. We could not remember to save our lives. I think it was a P in the middle. It was Doctor Theopolis. Doctor Theopolis. Yes. And I think, I don't remember exactly, if I remember right, eventually they showed that he was actually a guy transmitting through the um, module. Like Dr. Theopolis no. was actually still a man. No. Or something like that. I'd no. have to go back all, and rewatch. Always a droid. They were all, it was almost like um, like Sheldon's dream that they were world leaders, that, or uh, not world leaders, the uh, world's influencers melded into a, into a body. Or into those things for the for the World Council. The one that the one robot I can't remember is the one from The Searcher. I don't even remember the show. It's second season of Buck Rogers. Oh, oh, I don't know. I that's on my list to rewatch mm. probably this year at some point is to watch both seasons of that. Yeah, but that speaking of but speaking of robots. This, on um, this week's, we got to see a lot more of the um, dark troopers. Is it me, or did it remind you of the robots from the black hole? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. The sentry, the sentries. Yeah. Derek didn't even think about that, so I just said, "Nobody was laughing." Nope, yeah. now, now that you heard it, you can't unsee it, can you? Yeah. 
<laughs> yep, you're right. They're close. They're very close. Yeah. Yeah, they're very close. Very close. Well, the the way they um, were busting on the doors. Uh, crap, I can't even think of the movie. One of the droids that those reminded me of. I don't know. In that battle, though, I thought for sure when it, when they were fighting um, the Mandalorian, when Mando was fighting the one dark trooper, I thought for sure that was Black Beskar because we know that um, the Empire got a mm. bunch of Beskar. Yeah. But the way the blaster bolts were bouncing off of both, and they were and neither one of them were taking any damage, I thought for sure that is Beskar. Until later on, and nope, that's definitely not Beskar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was I was yeah. saying I was well, like butter. <laughs> See, seeing the dark troopers go after the uh, the doors kind of remind me of um, the like robot jocks or um, the movie robot, robot or or real yeah. st- or real steel <laughs> with the piston. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, this is cool. Uh, this is pretty awesome. Um, so I guess who wants to start it off? Uh, we already started off in the middle. Let's just figure out what was cool. Well, <laughs> Let's go ahead and this, who, who wants to kick us off? Bananas. <laughs> we want to get to the to the second half of the show later because then we're just going to go ooh yep. and ah for a while. <laughs> I, I'm still, as you guys can probably tell, I'm still slightly a little groggy from my surgery yesterday, which went well. Uh, I, I've been sending, oh, I just, <laughs> I've been sending to, I'm going to send it to you guys on Facebook Messenger. Um, <laughs> I've been sending this, the image. Around so yeah, my knee surgery went great, and it's a picture of a my knee surgery's gone great, and it's a picture of me, as a or a picture of a bearded lady, <laughs> like this. Were <laughs> what do you guys think? And people are are laughing, so y'all want to check Facebook? Scary thing is there is some slight resemblance, and it's it was not intentional, <laughs> but uh, so this is your college picture, right? Oh. Uh, no, that was just last week. Were you still in here? I was still. That's just last week. <laughs> yeah, there is a little bit of resemblance there. <laughs> Everyone's gotten a kick out of it. Now, twenty twenty is the year that I've tried to be humorous. Is that what you call it? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the and that's the bone you use to make a laughing stock on the stove. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, I'm still trying. I'm gonna say it's the it's the anesthesia still. Uh-huh. It's the anesthesia still. Oh, I slept good last night after getting home. So, anyway, who wants to kick us off with this week's episode? Uh, it was the Believer, I think, is what it was called. Uh, no, this was mm-hmm. the. Um, oh wait, no, yeah, the Believer was last week. Yeah, this is the rescue, I believe. Okay. Yes, and um, how did you guys uh, mark out and go bananas when he first when they first come onto the planet? The the first scene was cool with the, getting Doctor Pershing and getting the um, but no, what, my first spot that really marked out was when um they fly onto the planet and land, and you recognize the ship sitting right beside them. They had the Blade Fighter. Refresh my the what? But when they oh first yeah, sleeping on the planet, the Blade Fighter was sitting there. That, so it's one of those because we know from last season he's got to put together a crew. He always has to put together the crew in the second right, right. in the last episode. So it's like as soon as he starts to land, okay, I know who's getting because that's a Mandalorian Blade Fighter, which is obviously Bo Katan's ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wasn't wasn't there another ship too? 
There was a couple other ships there, but that's the only one that jumped out at me as I know what it is. Mm. I'd have to go back and look to see what the other ones were, but that's the one that jumped right out. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that ship. <laughs> just like when you see Slave <laughs> Run, it, some ships are just, um, if you know Star Wars, they're yep. just iconic. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if out of nowhere we see the Twilight, Anakin's ship from the first season, or first two seasons of Clone Wars, at some point show up. I have no idea who would be flying or who would have it, but uh, that model ship. Or, Assuming it hasn't been destroyed, or I'm sure there's a version of it somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't. I won't be surprised if with future sh- future shows like Ahsoka, obviously we're going to see her ship. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Dash Rendar. Uh, yeah, Dash Rendar's yep. ship. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. We. You know, the old legend stuff and some of the um, other like comic book or not comic, well, comic books, but some of the um, video game material, they we've sh- seen that ship. It wasn't exactly that ship, but it was that style. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Right. It's coming. Stuff's got. I, I doubt mean, we're going to see Dash Rendar, but we may see that style ship. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wouldn't mind that was canon. If I remember right, Shadows was actually in regular canon, wasn't it? That one was approved yes, by George. It was. Yeah. I don't know if that still applies or not, though. Not now, no. Mm-hmm. It's wiped out at this point. Yeah. It's just, supposedly. That was at the time. Supposedly, the only only legend stuff considered canon was, like you said, Shadows. Um the Thrawn trilogy. That, and that wasn't technically even uh, George never even said that that's actually canon because it had All Mara right. in it and he would never approve Mara Jade to be in canon. Right. <laughs> what, in the Thrawn trilogy? Yeah, she was yeah. in the Thrawn trilogy. That's where she was introduced originally because she's trying to kill Luke God, the entire all three books. So long since I've read it. I forgot. That's where we found out about the Emperor's right hand now. and all that stuff. Uh, but also um, Splinter in Mind's Eye. Yeah, but I think that was a loose part of canon because they never really did anything with any of the information from it. Mm. Right. But it was something he always liked and enjoyed. Yeah. So, but um, then when we get into the cantina there and we see Bo-Katan and oh, I keep forgetting her name, but they finally gave her a name, um, Sasha Banks character. But um, uh, did you like yeah. the fighting style that yeah. she was doing? Yeah. Every move there was a wrestling, yeah. they, including the Tornado DDT. They did name her in the in the fir, her first yes. appearance. And, uh, and there was a nice use of her jetpack as well. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's right here because the character post. Um, I got um, StarWars.com up and the character poster actually has her name on it. Uh, Casca Reeves. Yes. Because the guy that was with him originally was Axe Wolves. Yeah. W-O-V-E-S. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I, lo- I loved what. about the Darksaber later. I farther lo- in. Yes. I loved how they tied in her uh, her skills from from WWE or her skills yeah. as a wrestler into her into her particular character's combat stuff. Yeah, I'm wondering how much of the fighting that they did there was her, and how much was actually a stunt girl. Uh, I would not be surprised. Well, with what they were showing, and how it'd be no different than if it was her in the ring. Yeah. So I'm sure like she did it her DDT, own. They added a little bit to make it bigger, but it was straight. It was a straight tornado DDT. Yeah. Which you would know as a pro wrestler yourself. Yes. Which, sorry for the slight tangent. How, how's your comeback coming, Mr. Blackhawk? I'm not on TV yet or anything or on the YouTube stuff yet, but I'm I'm loving coaching. I've been coaching the guys that are training right now. Mr. Blackhawk. And, and the training, the coaching I'm doing is not teaching them moves and teaching them how to, but I'm helping them figure out how to use those moves to actually tell a cohesive story and things like that. Why do you do what you do? Not just what are you doing? 
Uh, I love it. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm ready to actually put on, uh, go in and start doing matches again. I just haven't done it yet because we haven't had a chance and we really can't do anything at the moment. Mm. I'm tired of working out in a garage because you can't have any kind of crowd. <laughs> it's very, they've made it cost prohibitive in Ohio to even try to run a show. Oh, I can't imagine. You're allowed to do it, but there's so much red tape you got to go through. Yeah. So unless, because of testing and everything else that you have to, unless you're going to pull a thousand people or more in a show, and there's very few places you can do that and still have um, social distancing, then you don't even do a show. Mm. It could be, you could be worse. Could be in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're like total lockdown. Mm-hmm. Or California. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. Uh, they're California pulling back really here in Massachusetts. Uh, We're Ohio's starting to drop a little bit, but the actual levels. Mm-hmm. We we're not completely locked down. I mean, we got restriction. Our governor. Have you ever been completely locked down down there? Uh, Russia. People don't even know what a TV is to know what it is they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> restaurants and restaurants and bars were closed for quite some time. Uh, restaurants are reopened, but obviously at, at limited capacity. Bars have been reopened at limited capacity, but <laughs> bars have gotten reopened and then closed. And now they're like reopened, but they're, they're, they're busting more bars than anything, than anything else Yeah, around here, here, the bars and restaurants have been open for since way early, but you had limited capacity and you actually had the spacing between the tables and all that stuff. But also we have, we're going on our second month of a 10 PM curfew, 10 PM till 5 AM. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, really? See, we haven't had cur- no. we haven't had curfews, but yeah, yeah drive and stuff like that could be open. But indoor restaurants, indoor bars, all of it have to shut down by ten. Yeah, our, ours are, are like ten or eleven that they're closed. Well, it's gonna be interesting New Year's Eve. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, Disney parks are not going to be. Um, or there's no New Year's celebrations at all this year at the parks. Yeah, all the parks are. Uh, Epcot is closing at eight. Uh, Magic Kingdom and I think Studios close at seven. Animal Kingdom closes early. But Disneyland doesn't even open. And Disneyland's not even close to open. Yay, Governor! So, uh, anyway, let's get back over to yeah, back to fighting. Yeah, it was fun to see that. And um, on the second viewing, I noticed because originally you can tell uh, Boba Fett knows who Bo Katan is. By the way, yeah. what he says. And I thought she knew mm-hmm. exactly who he was because she talks about him being a clone and stuff. But on the second time you listen, she says, I know that voice. I've heard it a thousand times. That's how she knew he was a clone. When he yeah, I caught that the that first time. Father, yeah. Yeah. His father's armor is what he has. And she's like, wait a minute. You're not a, you're a clone. You have no birthright to any of this. Right. Because So she may not know. She may not have known who Boba Fett was, but she knew he was a clone because he has the same voice as all the clones. And mm-hmm. she would know that because she worked with lots of clones. Yeah. So she could have just thought he was just another clone. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, well, no. well, no, she didn't see him without the helmet. If she had seen him without the helmet, she would have realized that he looks much younger than the standard clone would look like. But she also would have known, too, the, uh, from the markings that he related to, to Django. Possibly. In that she knew in Latin that lineage. Well, clan, the Fett didn't have a clan. Remember, because Django was not Mandalorian. Right. It was not Bur- Mandalorian, right, right, but Jindarin, yeah, Jindarin's not birthright Mandalorian either, but he's a clan. Yeah, 
but it may not be a clan that she knew. Because you got to think when um, when she was when Mandalore when she was on Mandalore, even towards the end of it, there was still thousands of clans. Yeah, yeah. And as far as we know, the Fett clan was two guys and a bunch of clones. <laughs> yeah, if he's even a um, if it was even a clan. Because mm. as far as I can tell, the um, the Death's Head skull that's on there, I think is still just a general Mandalorian symbol. It wasn't yeah. even a clan symbol. Yeah, it's a general Mandalorian symbol. He doesn't have a clan symbol, so Fett may not be a clan. It's just his personal family name. Well, or the, whatever name he chose. Well, the symbol that's on the chest is the symbol used by the the Mandalorian that um, found Jango and Brahmin. Yeah, but I don't think family. ever got their that clan name. No, I, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the clan name is, but I mean that, that's what we got. Yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah that was cool. Then we come up with the we end up back on the ship and um and it's this is also they use that scene to set up the Darksaber stuff with Bo Katan, which I gotta do we had some discussing to do later once we get to that part of the episode. Yeah. About the rules yeah. of the Darksaber that is very loose in the entire timeline. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll get to that. Uh-huh. But we get the um so we find out that she'll work with them as long as she gets to fight Gideon. And Mando doesn't care. Din Djarin's like, that's fine, as long as I get the child. So everybody leaves happy, according to this. And yep. Boba Fett's like, whatever. <laughs> I got I was pledged yeah. to help him out with this child. So whatever you want, I'll do it. But then again, as we've always said, Boba Fett is nothing about honor. He's all about doing Imps. the job he was told, he was assigned to. He's yeah. a merc. He's a straight mercenary. Right. Yeah. Until later. So then we find out the plan. We get the Star Wars Women's Club. <laughs> Fighting against the entire Imperial cruiser. <laughs> that was cool. That was very cool. But we also find him, you know, we, we find Jindarin you know, going after the child. And, and just that whole battle sequence there, oops, triggered the dark troopers. Well, no, dark troopers were sent yeah. after him. But the way he just goes after, and, and we get the... You get the um, you, you get to see just how strong this Beskar armor is. We know it's held up mm-hmm. to a lightsaber. But all of a sudden, here's this droid capable of crushing anything easily, and it's pushing against the the helmet, and the helmet's not budging at all. Yeah, the helmet doesn't crush, yeah, but that, crushes the panels behind him. So, and his head's being yeah. pushed into the panels while his head's still in it. So it makes me wonder. But you know, he's still he's so he's still got to be feeling something there. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder too. Um, the only, you know, the one, you know, Boba Fett's armor is all Beskar. Is it though? Because the helmet's dented. I don't think that's his is Beskar. That's yeah. that's where I was I getting at. What if his is all Beskar? Then what the hell dented that helmet? Exactly. I don't how think it is Beskar. But if you look how beat up and stuff. I mean, he's cleaned it up in the last couple of episodes. But if you look in the Empire and Return of the Jedi, and then what we saw in the first episode, we see him here. There's a lot of dents and dings and scratches and stuff on that armor. That no, that uh, that's not Beskar armor. No. That's got to be uh, whatever armor plating it would be. But it's armor. It's Mandalorian armor, but it's not Beskar. Right. Not all Mandalorian armor is Beskar. Because remember, Beskar, even when it was abundant on Mandalore, was still really, really expensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> so your rank and file Mandalorians wouldn't probably would not have had it. Right. I mean, we don't have proof of that, but that's what it looks like. So yeah, I don't Which think this is Beskar. Makes, makes sense too. If it was something that special, I don't think it, they wouldn't have everybody have it. Then it wouldn't be special. True. Now the <clears throat> the symbol of that armor. Is the same for all of it, whether it's Beskar or not, obviously, because we see the way Man- the Mando um, fights for other armor that he d- thinks someone else hasn't earned. Right. right. What the re- armor represents is special, not what it's actually made out of, unless you actually have the Beskar. 
Yeah, true. That's also when you look at um, in the first season, the um, the colony or the um, that's down in the sewers. How many of them dro- dropped and died, and how easy they were dropping? The, those were not Beskar armor, obviously, because right. you see the amount of damage, the amount of shots that Mando takes all the time. It doesn't even scratch his armor, but they were dropping left and right when they got hit with blaster bolts. Yeah, so there is a big difference. Mm. I think so. Yeah, has to be. I mean, that's why, you know, he brought the best car back, you know, and set some aside for for the foundlings or for the for the rest of the group. Because I think she made his armor and whatever was left, they left for everybody. Right. And I think and I think for everyone else, I think they are foundlings as well. In that collection, probably that collective. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't think the armorer was. She may have actually been Birthright Mandalorian or Birthright Death Watch. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yes. Where he was a child of the watch, she may have actually been original Death Watch. Could be. Could be. Yeah. So which part of the battle do we want to talk about more right now? um, We've been talking a little bit about the droids and stuff. The droids versus um, Din Djarin, which was an amazing battle. And the the fact that neither one of them could get a shot off on the other one because both their armor seemed just as tough. Right. Until Mando yeah. found the chink in the armor, which is just like um, Knight's armor now that we had here. The um, the joints were always the weak spot. Yeah. Right. Well, he ended up using his Beskar staff mm-hmm. to do it because I mean I loved when he used the whistling whistling birds and they did nothing and, and <laughs> they just kind of yeah. went and just like a Roman candle going pew poof and sputtering out. <laughs> Well, that the nice thing, the cool thing, what they did was um, that the, they did awesome because they they always do awesome with the storytelling here. Is the entire season and even last season when they had that, every time he fires that off, everybody drops. Right. So the puts so to show the how strong this um, weapon is, and then the one time he uses it here does no damage at all. Yeah. To show you how strong these dark troopers really are. Now he, he used flamethrower. He got had this thing that was um, on fire oh, yeah. from the inside. It didn't affect it. Yeah. I have a weird little nitpicky here, and I just, and that is, I think the dark troopers were a little too shiny for my taste. Well, they're brand new. They've only been used once or twice. I know, but I'm, but it looked, it looked, sometimes I was like, eh, it's a little, it looks a little off because it's too shiny. Yeah. Makes well, it also, they, ma- they have an entire crew of maintenance guys. Every time they come back, more than likely shining them up again. Yeah. I'm sure. But to me, I, I think as a for dark troopers though, if you're getting at what I think you're getting at, Derek, they should be more of a matte finish. That way, you know, they yeah. can be brought in 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 stealthiness, right? And a little bit more yeah. of that shadow esque like it, it's yeah. like with all the shadow squad stuff that that we had seen that still isn't canon, but you know they put you know the shadow trooper, the shadow scout bike, you know biker scout, all that. Their armor still got enough gloss to it. It's like cool, but you're not. You're gonna stick out in the shadows. It, you know, it could be yeah. a pitch black room, <laughs> and people are gonna know where you're at because of the shine of your armor. Yeah, even the smallest little bit of light. Yeah, it's gonna catch it and, and give you it. away. Well, I see what you're saying, but you gotta think also when we were shown, like I said, we were shown how strong these troopers are. They don't need to be stealthy. They can walk right up on you, and it's not gonna make a difference. 
Extra. Also, remember, Pershing said these are third generation dark troopers. Originally, they were troops, mm-hmm. or they were um, men, just like stormtroopers. Yeah, these ones were not. That may, that may be the big difference. The fact that the droids are shiny. The original dark troopers probably were not. So that, actually, this whole program may have started as the death troopers that we see in Rogue One, and uh, that type of trooper that's evolved into what these are. Mm. Yeah, we don't have the information for that, but that looks like that's what they're trying to say. Could be. Because Pershing had all the information on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it definitely, I mean, I love that whole sequence, though, with the, uh, well, going back to the beginning when they capture Pershing and um, and that shuttle. Mm. Uh, and we come to find out Pershing was from Alderaan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait. Yeah, because the pilots talk about, no, 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 no. No, they're I'm talking sorry, about Caradun. No, it's after, after about, the yeah. crew boards at Caradun. That they also knew she was a shock trooper. It was from her tattoo. Right. Yeah. But I. But it makes you wonder because the one pilot goes, "Yeah, I was on the Death Star." Like, then where were you when that whole thing blew up? Yeah. You well, there's a, there's another unless, person that went to to we thought blew up also. True. Yeah, and that and uh, the, remember the Death Star was up and running for years. It wasn't finished. But he could have been someone that was stationed on the Death Star off and on, but wasn't there for the final battle. Yeah. Right. Think of how many millions of, um, well, he even said there was millions of um, soldiers and troops and Imperials on that Death Star. Well, I think that's been part of the, I I thought that was a great nod to to the old joke. Like, that always comes out around Memorial Day. You know, think of all the the millions that, that gave their lives on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 started. Um, well, I don't know if it started, but it was a big part of Clerks. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I, I believe that's that is where it started. I think so, but I don't officially know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim it. Well, I know that's, that's what f- I believe. We'll make it official, Wiki Radio Canon. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but so. a discussion about how many people are actually on the desktop. And how many of them were um, just contract workers and how many were actually Imperials? <laughs> yeah, right. How many were just janitors taking out the trash? <laughs> well, I loved Cara Dune's joke when he said he was on the Death Star. She asked him which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, let's see what. So we have the whole battle with Moff Gideon. We have the whole battle uh, with Gideon Jin Jaren. That was actually a really cool battle. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, that was. That was. And how the um, you could see the dark saber eventually probably would have gotten through the um, Beskar staff or spear. Yeah, or let every, it sit like there every time there. every time he hit his arm and it would start glowing mm-hmm. from the heat. Also, also when Mif- Moff Gideon attacks him from behind, you gotta wonder how <laughs> Miff Gideon <laughs> did. Huh? You say what? Miff Gideon. <laughs> Miff. <laughs> He's related to Biff Tannen. Yeah. Did Gideon actually understand that Beskar would stand up to the Darksaber? Because he keeps wailing on him with his Darksaber not doing any damage. I was wondering, does he actually look surprised or does he know? And if he knew, why did he attack him that way and didn't figure out a different way to do it? That's a good question. I don't think he knows everything already. See, I don't think he really knew. Yeah, It doesn't seem like it would be a well-known secret. Because remember, the Jedi weren't going to tell anybody, obviously. Right. Yeah, I'm right. going to tell everybody that Beskar can slow us down. Well, I that's what the galaxy needs to know. During mm-hmm. during that whole thing, I always wondered, too, if, um, you know, part of the reason why he was so against the Mandalorians and the Purge 
and, and created the purge and all that is if he kind of had a, a Hitler complex, so to speak, that, you know, it was rumored Hitler was Jewish himself or half Jewish. And that would led to part of his hatred against the Jews because of the way, you know, he was you know mm. brought into the world. Made, made me wonder the reason why Moff Gideon wanted the the Darksaber so bad and has been so dying to hold on to it and destroyed Mandalore and principal in destroying Mandalore is he's Mandalorian himself. And it just hasn't been leaked yet. But with the finale maybe. But I think with with the finale with the rescue, it's just no, he was on a power trip. He knew about this yeah. this sword. Yeah. And he, he just he wanted the power. Yeah. He said with the dark saber comes power. That's what he wanted. He's an Imperial upper. All the Imperials that they, we've ever shown so far at that level or higher, they want power. Look at Krennic. Look at anybody else. We, look at um, Grand Moff right. Tarkin. I mean, come on. He was all about power. Yeah. They follow the lead of the Emperor. What's the Emperor want?Ultimate power. So so do they. Yeah. It's it's basically, it goes back to, it's the Sith teachings, even though um, the Emperor wasn't telling everybody that it's all about the Sith, because he was a closet Sith, kind of. He still kept it a secret, but it is still the the Sith teachings, that everything's all about power. I don't right. remember it off the top of my head, yeah. but the code or whatever it was, if you read through the, what they've written out as the Sith code, just like the Jedi had a code, an oath, the Sith oath mm-hmm. actually is all about power, getting ultimate power. And I, w- I would have to imagine that the Emperor would... Uh, put people in in high higher up positions like Grand Moffs and stuff. I would imagine he would pick people with similar type interests like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he he wants power, so he'll be you know I'll put him as a Grand Grand well, Moff or whatever. It's also it's kind of in his best interest to do that because the guys that are fighting for power that hard are going to be fighting against each other. And they'll right. keep each other in check because they don't want the next guy to look any better than they do because he'll get more power than what I got. Right. And you'll never be able to reach the level of emperor because nobody else will let you do it. Right. The emperor had the – Which we saw. By actually being a Sith Lord. Which we saw in um, in Rogue One when uh, when it ended up that they, that, uh, they were going to – they decided – the emperor decided to go with Tarkin's Death Star. Right. Instead just, of uh, Krennic's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also, they reinforced that at the um, – they reinforced that at the um, – um, in the Rebels when it came to Thrawn's TIE Defenders over um, – they went with, once again, the Death Star over the TIE Defenders. Right. Right. And everybody has their own pet project, and they're fighting to see who's actually going to get the – to do their project and keep the power. Right. And Tarkin Who just happened to be funding? the better at it. Huh? Who gets the funding? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's get towards the end of this. You know, here here comes Gideon to the bridge with uh, Din Djarin pushing him up there. Of course, he's got the dark saber ignited to pretty much keep him in check. And the look on Bo Katan's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Which brings us to the discussion. The one of the major discussions for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Is what are the rules of the dark saber? Right. And that I saw something. I don't remember if it was a comment on an article or an actual article or something. But they were mentioning how, you know, when um, Gideon Gideon was telling Mando about the rules of the Darksaber and how he can't just give it to her. He has to she has to win it in a fight and all that. 
and and they were saying that it's funny how she was talking about Mando's uh, strict adherence to her code, but then with the dark saber, she's sticking to a code. Right. Well, the other one is there isn't really a code because the dark saber was handed to her. Right. She clocked into taking right. it, but Sabine gave it to her the first time. Right. Yeah. But Sabine it, had, uh, but Sabine had to win it. I mean, when, when it was given to her, when it was given to Sabine. No, she had to win. She the had to win or from Gar Saxon. Right. So she had to win it from him. But she didn't have to win the dark saber. She already had the dark saber. Right. But I'm she trying, still had to I'm, beat him for the right to rule. Trying to remember how she it got is. the dark saber. Um, I just read it a little bit ago on Wikipedia. Um, and somehow it also said on Wikipedia that um, Kanan Jarrus actually was the owner of the dark saber for a little bit too. I don't remember the, that part of it. No, but it's just the rules of the dark saber is so fluid uh, because yeah. back at that time there was a couple of people that had the dark saber, right? So I don't know where this part comes in where you have to win it. I just remember it from from Rebels. Yeah, that's the first time I ever heard the the it being alluded to that you had to win it in order to to rule Mandalore. But it's um, like I said, that's something that that's not how she got it. No. Well. Maybe, maybe. Like I said, this is where the discussion comes. Maybe it had, it had something to do with it being lost for a while, or I don't know. Because um, what you call it, Dark, Darth Maul had it for a while, right? Right. You see, according to Wikipedia, the former owners of the dark saber was um, Tar Vizsla was the first one that made it originally, way back in the day. Okay, so- then it has previous listed. Maul, uh, Kanan Jarrus, Sabine Wren, Bo-Katan, Gideon, and then Din Djarin. See, I don't remember the, I don't remember this episode, but it says Sabine retrieved the Darksaber from the Night Sister Lair on Dothamir. That yeah, sounds I remember familiar. that. I don't remember the I remember episode. That, yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah, Fen Rao Center there, according to this. Right. With the Spectres, which was their crew. <laughs> I think maybe Kanan was, uh, the owner of it for like five minutes, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, he had, he was owner of it while she was training with a stick. Because <laughs> you don't want to, the first saber you play with, you don't want it to be a lightsaber. No, no, no. Go ahead, no, make no, a mistake no. with that. You'll poke your eye out, kid. Well, we we learned that in the uh, the Lego Holiday Special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I love the whole sequence. You have to fight. I yield. Still can't take it from you. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's where all the big questions comes in. And you could tell the Mandalorian was like, just take it. I, I was. That, that also comes down to, though, how did um, Gideon get it? Because Bo's hand's still alive. She was the owner of the Darksaber. Right? So, so good... if he didn't kill her in battle, how's he got it? And how does he rightfully have it? Right. Well, he might not rightfully have it. Well, I mean, he, he is the Empire after all. So he probably stole it. Probably. I mean, that would be the easiest thing. That would totally be what the what he would do. So I mean, like, ooh, pretty sword. I'm taking it. Well, if he knows about the power behind it, of course he. You know, he's just gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, right. He's gonna. He's gonna steal it. Right. For what he can. So. Um. But then the other question remains: Is I mean, obviously. Obviously, he wants it because it's a powerful weapon and all that. But what else does he want it for? Does he want it? You know, does he want to? Does he want it to try to control the Mandalorians or? 
I'm not. Well, once again, it's power. Right. Maybe he That's has an idea that he's going to bring back Mandalore since he has that and have them under his thumb. And rule it. Yeah. Uh, well, we do know. You can tell by if you read between the lines on this, he's working for the Emperor. Mm. Why do you think they're investigating cloning and using um, Grogu's blood right. to um, play with Mandalore or with the um, yeah Mandalorians with the um, and now Micronians jumped in my head. No, not that. Um, <laughs> Metalor, yeah, Metachlorians. Metachlorians. That's it. Too many things that sounded like they're playing with that and counting because they don't say Metachlorians, but they did say right. mention an M count. Right. And we know that um, if you watched the Last Jedi. Um, or Return of Sky Rise of Skywalker, they said that there was a lot of failed clones of the Emperor that could not handle the amount of power that he was trying to transfer in. Yeah. Right. So you need something that is a body that is extremely, extremely strong in the force to be able to handle that much force power and dark side power coming in. Right. Which uh, right. would make sense that the child here is where the they would have to – they'd be studying to figure that out. Totally. So like I said, without saying it, they're saying that this is, this is the beginnings of the Emperor's cloning projects. Mm. Or maybe not the beginnings, but this is the current state of the Emperor trying to clone a new body. Right. Especially when you look on Navarro and see all the tanks of clones and different um, in different levels. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what's going on with the dark saber. But we got to talk about out of nowhere, a single X-wing shows up for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Now, what was that? Now, Mike and I had this discussion Friday when we were recording. When we recorded, is it on? Was it while we were recording or not? Recording? No, it was, anyway, it was after we, we recorded. Right when we were getting ready to do when we were done. And recording Weeby Geeks. So I'll ask you, Ken. It was a great episode. What? It was that was that's what? a good episode. Uh we had the the author of Michael Class Dorian, author of Back to the Future, uh revised and revisited a visual dictionary or visual encyclopedia. Nice. Yeah. Um so I'll ask you, Ken. At what point at what point did you finally realize it was Luke? As soon as I saw the X, when you saw the color, the paint on the X-wing, I knew it. I figured it wasn't a hundred percent until I saw the cloak. But when I That's saw the X-wing I, uh, across the screen, I'm like, no, I know that one. I yeah, when I saw the X-wing, I was like, oh, what's this? And then you know, so you look closely, the droid in the back started. I'm like, paint. yeah. The whole time I was like, is, are they, I, you know, like I was the whole time I, I wasn't like, oh, that's Luke. I was like, are they really doing it? Is this, is this going to be Luke? Is it really Luke? Yeah. And then finally, you know, at, at a certain, I think when I saw his gloved hand, I was like, oh, they're doing Luke. Well, you see a, a black cloak, black tunic and a green lightsaber at this time in the Star Wars timeline. That, yes. That's too much of a coincidence. But, but the whole, whole time I was like, how are they going to, what are they going to do with this? How are they doing it? Yeah, I think the only confirmed other ways we would have seen was maybe if it was a purple lightsaber, it could have been something else. <laughs> could have been mace. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to remember, Cal Kestis. What was? What did he? Did he have blue or green? Well, he had whatever color you wanted it to be. But what was the official color for his lightsaber? Oh, uh, that's a good question. And Ezra out. was blue, but Ezra doesn't fly an X-wing, as far as we know. But right. he, I don't know but if he could have. Pilot. Yeah, but he could have flown an X-wing. Because remember, he did fly an A-wing. He did yeah. fly a, a Y-wing. Yeah. He could have. Ezra, as far as we know, is still missing. Because I believe they've all but confirmed that um, the end of Rebels is actually a little, just a little bit after this. So they're still looking for him. No, right. end, of, end of Rebels is still before this. 
The flash, the flash forward scene. Yeah, that that's where Sabine and Ahsoka get together to go look for. Yeah, that's at the, that's after the Battle of Endor. You sure it's right after Endor? Yes. I thought that was it. Was just after this? No, it's after the Battle of Endor because you look at Jason, Jason Sedula. He's roughly five years old, five six years old. That would put him at the right age of the end of Rebels, right into end of Je- at the end of Jedi, which is about five six years. Yeah. So, but even then, it's like as far as we know, they've never heard anything that um, they've been that they found them. Right. And even yeah. when we saw Ahsoka, Ahsoka is by herself. You would right. think if they had found right. Ezra, the two of them would be running together still. But she's also looking for Thrawn. So yeah. So it looks like he, Thrawn may be actually back. Well, obviously Thrawn is back because the um, the lady was actually talking right. to him. But right. But what does that mean for Ezra? He's either yeah. still captured, or he, he's in a captured state, or he's... Yeah. And also, the, we had one major Rebels character, so I figured they're not going to put a second one in this show right now. Right. I they assume we'll probably stay on its find, own. find out more during the Ahsoka show that's coming. Officially, according to Wikipedia, Cal Kestis owned and wielded a single-bladed blue lightsaber. So no, the green it is not in my uh, game. He didn't. <laughs> my game, my game. He went with orange because I had the pre. In I had the game, pre-order. I had that too. In my game, he kept switching depending on my mood and what planet I was on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there, there was really Luke Skywalker was really the only real choice on this. And like I said, the red the X-wing coming in, the black cloak with the single black glove. <laughs> yeah, that was Luke's green lightsaber. Right, that's Luke. Yeah. See for for me, I, to, I was gonna say for me uh, when we were talking, I hadn't seen the, I didn't see the glove. It didn't catch it right away. It's when I saw the belt buckle. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's Luke, which I totally missed. But when I saw his glove hand, when he like, finally steps onto the bridge and you see the lightsaber when he puts it away, yeah. he doesn't have to remove the hood. It's like you know that's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Yeah, and I have to, uh, I have to give credit to my co-host on Keepers of the Fringe, Chris. He insisted this whole time that it was going to be Luke, that Luke was going to be the one yeah. to answer Grogu's call. I, I wasn't stuck with that. I was leaning was towards right. that because, like I said, for the story, there uh, yeah. really wasn't another option, right? As far as we know, this may I was, be. I was always suit. like, I was, yeah, yeah. I, I always, was, Leia, I always wanted to see it be Luke, but I was never sure they were actually going to go that way. You know, yeah. it's like it'd right. be cool, but I don't know. Well, I did. This shout out to Sean who was on the show last week. I did tell him in on Twitter in, in the chat group I'm on with the Red Five Network that I didn't have to hate him because he was wrong. <laughs> He didn't get it right, so I didn't have to hate him. Who did he say? Uh, well, he said Boba Fett was going to die at the end. Oh, which we haven't well, gotten that far that. yet. Oh. Well, last, year, last week. Well, he he, well, he was you know backing you up, and or there was something else he alluded to, which I've had surgery. I've slept well because of drugs, uh, <laughs> anesthesia, and still being in my system. I don't remember everything completely. <laughs> Um, but I, I just. But if Boba Fett died, he wouldn't be able to do his own show. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But, um, the stuff with Luke is like you could tell it's the exact same tech they used when they did the actual digital face change on um, the actor who played Luke, which they actually credited Mark Hamill for. It. It's because I wonder if they actually brought Mark because Mark mentioned being in it too. So I'm wondering if that was all new dialogue because it almost sounded like it was pre-used a dialogue that they'd cut together. Yeah, 
But um, the face, yeah. I wonder, they actually film him when it came to talking and stuff. It de-aged him, or was it completely maybe, CG? Maybe. I want to hope he shaved. I'm hoping it was he. He actually did everything on the bridge, and they de-aged him. Maybe he wasn't. So there was there was another actor playing the doing his body. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the stuntman that was doing all of that stuff, and they just kept the same guy all the way through. Uh, it was no, it was actually an, a British actor. Oh, I saw it, the article, but I'm I. Yeah, the name didn't. I didn't recognize it, so. Yeah, I didn't either. But no, I thought it's like you could tell it was CG, but it was still believable. It was. It was. It. Yeah, it was a little. It seemed a little stiff at times, but overall, it worked pretty good. And I think part of the forgiving it is just the squeeze coming out of me from this seeing the entire uh, fight all the way up and just the sound of right. the lights when he walks in, the hum. It's like, dude, there, there's nothing that can get, can get you as exciting as just close your eyes and listen to that hum. Yeah. See, I was, <laughs> when you know it's a real lightsaber sitting on screen. For me, I I was a little disappointed in myself that did I, I did not catch that. It was the home and the saber that made me realize it was Luke. Because <laughs> this has that very distinctive sum, uh, hum to it. But overall, I loved the, that. And like I said, Alessa's Leia, which I believe they've established that Leia waited a while before starting her training. They yeah. established the new public. They had the, everything settled down a little bit so she could actually go and do her training. Right. So I'm assuming this may be Luke Skywalker's first student. Could be. And you can see during the battle with the um, Dark Troopers that he's grown even stronger now. Oh, yeah. Than what he was when he faced Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I, these guys, like I said, like I was saying, I thought they were made of Beskar until Luke Skywalker starts cutting them like butter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was. Uh, you realize it's Luke, and, and you just see him plowing through the dark, the the dark troopers. That was so cool. It was also such a, a nod, it was so satisfying. It was such a nod to the um, to the Clone Wars as well. When you know how easily they the lightsaber went through all the uh, um, battle droids, and battle stuff. droids, and that. Yeah, and you can mm. see that Luke Skywalker here is a fully trained Jedi Knight or actually Jedi master at this point, because we've seen at this point, we've seen all these hours of clone wars, the the prequel movies, all this stuff to see what true Jedi at the height of their training, when they're fully trained, what it looks like when they fight. And Luke looked Mm -hmm. just as good as they do. Yeah. Mitchell trilogy. He never really gets to that level. He's still basically fighting on his heels the whole time until he gets angry and then uh, takes down Vader. But other right. before that, he's fighting on his heels the whole time because he's still learning what he's doing. He has no he still really doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And he has a little bit of fear in him. <laughs> yeah. But now that he's um, had an extra five years of training, driving, traveling around, looking and figuring this stuff out and actually just like you said, the um, getting rid of some of that fear. And now he's a fully trained Jedi and you can see it. That was what was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, was I telling you, Mike, or was I telling Chris? I think it was Chris. I don't know why, but I shouldn't have been surprised. But when when R2 showed up, I was like, R2. I I mean, obviously, I should have known he was he'd be there. But yeah, well, I thought it was funny with the whole. Sorry, I just heard something strange in my kitchen. Um, I thought it was funny with the whole... Uh, it was Grogu getting his little cookies. Well, Gro- Grogu... Yeah. <laughs> you know, here, Grogu's looking at Luke going, no, I don't want to go. No, I'm, 
And, and Din Djarin's going, yeah, he, he's not going to go without me, yada, yada, yada. And rolls R2, and Grogu's like, oh, shiny toy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Shiny toy. I was kind of hoping he would find something to start smacking R2 with it. <laughs> that yeah. would have been funny as well. The, th- the weird thing is I've seen a bunch of people talking about how um, they've never noticed the wires coming out of the front of R2's feet, the cables. But it's like, if you look, oh, th- really? I think those have always been there. Those have always been there. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. come out of the front of his actual foot part, the black cables. Yeah. So yeah. those go out the front into Even the side the or toys something. and stuff. I, actually, they're, they're kind of a brownish cable. But still, yeah. it's like yeah. Vicky saw a couple articles today talking about that. It's like, no, those are just people those not paying attention. Really to people? Those have always been there. Yes. You, you look at every. Yeah, I asked her if it was a Screen Rant article, but it wasn't. You, you look at every every Hasbro Astromech, and they've been there unless it's. Di- well, majority of them now they've gone because of all the build a droid parts that they make for, for Disney. It used to be that's how you tell right leg from left leg, and people were still putting, you know, grab a, a right leg, put it on the left leg, and then why do you have one set of cables in the back, one set of cables in the front? What are you doing? Um, they, they've stopped putting the cables on the, on the legs because there's so many people who are doing customizations that it's just easier to print one set of legs and it could be... This and I think this is maybe part of laziness with Hasbro. It's it's easier to just cut the cables and you mass produce the legs and not have to worry about whether it's a left leg or a right leg. Yeah, if I remember the original right. R2s from like back in the seventies and stuff didn't have them. No, but then again, it was just a cylindrical body with stickers on it. So yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it was a trash can with stickers. Yes, it was. <laughs> But yeah, in general, this and um, just Luke's whole attitude when he showed up and stuff, just that is like, dude, this is Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, and I almost wonder if the way they did this was kind of um, hitting that fan service of, you know, everyone complained that Luke in the in the sequel trilogy was you know too wimpy. Oh, that's not our Luke Skywalker because you know right. where was he to to help and. It's like, and we've talked about it on this show with other podcasters. Luke was kind of emo-ish himself before the term was emo. He didn't go in and jump in and fight until it served a purpose for him as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be in trouble, and he just sat there and dealt with it and, and didn't right. bother. And then once he saw, oh, if I do this, this is going to benefit me, then he jumped in. But he, he wasn't one to willingly go into a fight. Right. So here he is willingly going into a fight, so to speak. And it seemed like this was trying to appeal to, to all the naysayers or that vocal minority. And it's like, because I've heard a lot of people go, that's Luke Skywalker I remember. It's like, this is only five years after Return no, of the Jedi. He better be the same Luke Skywalker you remember. <laughs> so and this was Luke Skywalker from the movies, just a little older. Yeah. yeah, I I think definitely there was there was a li- at least a little bit of fan service there, and, maybe more than just a little bit. But like I've said before, I'm fine with it. A little bit of fan service. There's a reason yeah. that the the franchise has lasted over 40 years or 45 years. We're approaching 50. It's soon. <laughs> I do wonder. This thought just occurred to me. 
before Luke came on the ship, do you think he knew about the dark troopers? Yeah, I, I think. Or had any idea? I think he I would think have New known. New Public Intelligence knew. If, if New Public Intelligence would have known, he would have, they could have, he could have known. True. Like, I think they had an eye on dark, True. on Moff Gideon, but did, maybe not, didn't know where he was. Mm. Yeah, but it, my thing is, though, too, we're talking, they mentioned in the show, this was the third, these are the third generation dark troopers. Right. So the, the dark troopers would have been known at the time that there were dark troopers that existed. Whether he knew yeah. what what version or variation they were right, is totally different. And when Pershing is talking about that, you can see Cara Doom and them knew what knew that these were dark troopers. Mm, yeah, they knew what dark troopers were. They didn't know what these were. Right, right. So, but are we ready to get to the post credit scene? First time, set everything on fire. First time in Star Wars. Post credit scene. <laughs> first time in Star Wars we ever get a post credit scene. Luckily, wait, wait, I always wasn't there. No, no they didn't do it as a post credit scene. But um, Clone Wars, there was a lot of them that the season finale. Would have the trailer for the next season tagged on the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's not really a post credit. Luckily, scene. it's not the same. Well, that really, this is a trailer for Bo- the book of Boba Fett. Technically, it, technically, but it's just set up. What I want to know: When did Bib Fortuna get off the sail barge? Was that Bib Fortuna? That, that was Bib Fortuna. Was. Yeah, it was yeah. Bib Fortuna. Well, wait, do we ever and see him on the sail barge? Fat. Yeah. Well, if you took over uh, job as it, I don't remember. Do we see him on the sail barge? I that. That's a good question. I always assumed he was on there, but yeah, that's a good question. Maybe not. Let me, let me make sure that my sound is not going to you guys, and I can bring up the movie on my other screen. <laughs> but uh, as I was going to say, I always watch the end credits of the Mandalorian anyway. Oh, the artwork! Yeah, I like to watch. Yeah, sorry, I like the concept art, and and I really love the theme song. So. That, I want to talk about that a little bit, too, because you hear um, once Luke's on the bridge, you can hear the John Williams stuff being mixed in with it. Yes. You hear oh, the, yeah. Very yeah. well done. Yeah. So apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, fortunate to gain control of Jabba's palace, having amassed servants and slaves of his own as becoming obsese or obese. Damn COVID. Hmm. COVID quarantine. Um, so... Uh, Wow. You don't realize until you're flipping through how long into the movie that sail barge scenes are. That's yeah. a half hour into the movie. Uh, according, oh, yeah. uh, the paragraph before the death of Bib Fortuna. Uh, after Skywalker killed Jabba's rancor, he was imprisoned and sentenced to death. With Jabba wanted him executed at the Great Pit of Carcoon. Fortuna accompanied Jabba and many of his palace Denzians to the pit. Skywalker, Organa, Solo, R2-D2, C-3PO, and Lando Calrissian managed to escape custody, kill Jabba, and destroy his personal sail barge. However, Bip Fortuna, or however, Fortuna survived the battle. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm watching the scene. Yeah, there he is. He is actually there. You can see his head tails in this so, opening scene. So he survived, yeah. So, so how did he survive? Did he just re- jump out the side? Maybe. No, knowing the coward he wa- he is or was. During think, the battle, he would have taken off. Yeah, he probably, sure. he probably took off. I'm sure he had an, he had an escape plan already all set. He probably yeah. got on, he probably got on a on the only lifeboat and left. Yeah, Vicky says that's mm. actually Bib Fortuna Jr. and no one told us. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, walking by as we were talking about this. I told her she could have joined us. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so supposedly, supposedly that is him, or that is him at the end. Trying well, to- yeah, we all knew it was him. But that whole sequence when he when they come in, you know, kill the guards, release the slaves, mm-hmm. and then I love the final pose. Yeah. How very Conan esque was that pose? Yes. And that's <laughs> that's and the that's first um, that's that's the first thing I thought when I saw Fennec get up on the on the throne like she did, and then he goes to the middle of it and sits down and aren't is like, all right. Is it Favreau or Filoni that, that said that's paying homage to to Conan the Barbarian? Because mm-hmm. that screamed Schwarzenegger shot all over it. Yeah, and all mm-hmm. those famous Conan throne poses. Well, also um, watching that, it's interesting because um, that's I think that's the point. Because up until this point, Boba Fett's always been a bounty hunter. Always the only code he had was whoever's paying him. Well, it's like he's finally decided. You know what? I'm tired of working for everybody else. My turn to be yeah. on top. Yeah. Right. And he didn't give them a chance. He he really rolled in and said, you know what? I'm in charge. So he he shot uh, B- Bib Fortuna. Didn't even ask him to relinquish control or anything. He just shot him and said, my turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get told the book of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. 12, 12, 21, 21. And for and about 24 hours until um, Favreau had the um, official the announcement in America show, I thought for sure that uh, this was going to be basically Mandalorian season three was now going to be the Boba Fett show. That's what everyone was thinking. That's why I was confused. Yeah. It's like, okay, 12, 21, 21. That's okay, why so, the so they did Good Morning America. So they moved up. So they moved up season three by four days. But no, we're gonna get we're gonna get this show four days before Mandalorian season three, which is gonna release think, Christmas Day next year. And I think this show, um, Boba Fett, is only gonna be three to six episodes. It's a miniseries. Uh, I, know. I saw four four episodes. Okay, I knew it was a miniseries. Yeah, they just want to tell this one story with him, and that's it. Right, right now, well, and four episodes seems so short. That's, that's the big surprise. They're already filming this. They're going to go into Mandalorian mm-hmm. season three after they're done with Boba Fett. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, filming wise, yes. And did you see who the executive producers on the Boba Fett show is? It's, it's, it's Favreau Filoni, but they added a third one. Uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Robert. Rodriguez. Yeah. And he's the one that um, d- directed the episode they brought Boba Fett in on. So yep. yeah, mm-hmm. well, you, you finally saw who who they had who the mystery director was for the rescue. No, I didn't see who did the last one. Peyton Reed. I should know that name. Who is it? Ant Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, um, as we were told Friday, uh, Peyton Reed did some of the uh, the live Doc Brown segments. For the Back to the Future animes series. Oh, cool. He was director on that. So. So, speculation time. What is season three of Mandalorian? Is it um, Bogatan and Din Djarin going back to fight for Mandalore? That looks like and where we're we- at. Because Din Djarin has the Darksaber. And yeah. will we see Grogu again? We'll see him somewhere, somehow. I don't I don't know if they're going to do the show without him. Yeah, I don't We're think so either. They set it up. They have to. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll get occasional cuts to him training. <laughs> we could, well, no, because as Ahsoka has her own show, but that she could be the new um, mm-hmm. what you call it? Yeah, new well, Jedi on it. Who, who's who's to say we can't have any crossover too with um, what the Ahsoka series with Rangers of right. the New Republic? I did hear that that information came out the last couple of days. I think that. Um, they did confirm Rangers of the New Republic takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi. 
Okay. Yeah. That could be interesting. So I wonder if that would be about them like hunting down some of the Imperials and stuff. That would be cool. And part part of it could be establishing the new republic because how long after Return of the Je- or after the Battle of Endor did they actually establish the new government? Which kind right. which kind of ties in what I was talking about with the whole Texas Ranger type vibe of the show for the show. Yeah. Texas Rangers meet eighteen. Possibly, it's possible. But are we pretty much confirmed that um, Boba Fett or not Boba Fett? Mando three is going to be uh, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin? Could be. Could be. Because Din Djarin doesn't have a ship anymore. He's actually obviously shown more people his face, so he's moving away from the uh, Death Watch. Yeah. And will would Bo-Katan accept him as leader of Mandalore? At the moment, I don't think so because he's a foundling, and, yeah. and I'm sure she's old school enough to to say um, Mandalor- Mandalore or the Mandalorians need to be ruled by a true Mandalor- true Mandalorian. And he had no problem with that. He was going to hand her to the dark saber. He didn't care. He doesn't want to be the ruler, which is why he should be the ruler. <laughs> but uh, but it's her pride. Guy who doesn't want the job. But it's her pride that's getting in the way. Yeah. Well, that's because no matter what they, they do to her and how much of a warrior she is, she's still royal. Right. Her sister was the Duchess of Mandalore. Right. She still got that royal blood in her where she has to. She wants to be the leader, even if she doesn't want to be the leader. Yeah. Wait, does she want to be the leader? She does. <laughs> she wants to now. She didn't then. And she really didn't when Sabine gave her this, the saber. Mm hmm. But she does now because the purchase happened. So it's a lot of questions, but it's totally different questions than what we had at the end of season one, which is cool. Yeah. Right. Do you think do you think we'll find out at some point how Gideon got got the the dark saber and everything? We're gonna figure it out, find out somewhere. That that may be in the uh Rangers of New Republic series where the purge happens. Depends on how long ago, yeah, the purge was, because it's either because um, Rebels ends. Actually, Rebels ends within a year of New uh, New Hope, right? Uh, I don't remember than, off the top of my head. Less than a I year. think it's within a, within actually, if if not right before, a couple of months <sighs> before Battle of Yavin. Yeah, because all I of a sudden, remember either because all of a sudden Hera's a, instead of a captain, she's a general. Well, yeah, but um. But obviously, the purge happens between the end of Rebels and now, right? Which is about a ten-year period. So somewhere in that ten years, the purge happens. Uh, the Great Purge. No one has given it. Even on Wikipedia, there is no official no. date on when this thing happens. Because in the newest news version of canon, there's they've never actually said when it happened. No. Like I said, it's not happened by the end of Rebels, but it has happened by the time we get to Mandalorian. So we're about a ten, maybe a ten-year window there. Right. So this is still a fresh wound for Bo-Katan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been fleshed out when it is. I don't no. think so either. That's. I think it's one of those that um, there's, you, you know, there's certain things they've never touched on. And that's because they have ideas for they want to do something with it. Right. Same thing. Mm. Uh, George Lucas had certain things that no books were allowed to be written in these time areas because he right. had ideas of what he wanted to do with it eventually. For years, there was nothing. You weren't allowed to do anything in between um, episodes three and four. You could do pre-episode one or after episode six, but you could do nothing in between. Right. And uh, Disney's even tighter on Lucasfilm now is even tighter on when they want to do stuff. Right. So, but then again, they're a lot. They're trying to keep as tight as they can on storytelling in general. Yeah. So you don't have as broad and yeah. wide of views as what we had back in the day. 
So, which which makes sense if they're trying to keep it consistent, see with with canon and with the storytelling, and not have it go all over the place like it did pre pre the Disney era. Yeah, I do think over the last week, my favorite meme I've seen has been, and I've seen seven thousand versions of the exact same meme. <sighs> Because they use different pictures each time. Is the um, J.J. Abrams and Dave Filoni or um, John Favreau one? J.J. Abrams saying you cannot, you can never make the original oh. trilogy, sequel trilogy, and new fans all happy at the same time, and everybody like it still tell a good story. And it shows yeah. Favreau says, "Here, hold my beer." Yeah. <laughs> no, my my favorite has been um, two kids playing with Adats and and other star. Oh yeah, an Adat and something else and. A bunch of figures, and it's Favreau and Favreau and Floney writing the next next season scripts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. And by the time this comes out, a lot of a lot of those questions we have may have been already answered, because in three days' time on Christmas Day we get our or the gallery series Mandalorian for season two. Yes. Well, you, see all the behind the scenes of season two. You say how quickly this gets out. Yeah, depends on when you're putting this up. Depends on how quick Derek gives me the the write up, since Derek's got the write up ah. this week. Because this could be up <laughs> before Christmas. Good. So you can hear all of our speculation before you watch the gallery series. Man, Christmas Christmas is going to be a busy day. You got Wonder Woman. You got Mandalorian. You got Soul uh, gallery series, and we got Soul. Yep. Soul is the third one on my list at the moment. I mean, we'll get to that one when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And we have all the Christmas festivities. Yep. Yep. I'm glad I don't have kids. I do have a kid. And we're still excited yeah, we about everything. watch all that stuff with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we can wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> As of right now, record time is an hour 26. <laughs> Nice. Um, we had a thing or two to say, especially for a 36-minute episode. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. one thing Vicky even pointed out, that this show, most of this season has felt much – the pacing is done in a way that it felt longer than they actually were in a good way. Yeah. I don't know. That third – well, the third one felt really short and like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where's the rest of the episode? That's the only one that I really noticed. It was a shorter episode, despite how much action was in it. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say it was because of the Mon Calamari. I'm just saying. That's specious. <laughs> <laughs> That's very squiddish. Overall, for me, this season, I think, it did trump the first season. Because yeah. of the lore and stuff they ended up bringing so. in, the way um, the way it was told, and we got so many great things. I mean, we got Ahsoka this season. We got Luke Skywalker back in. We got all this other stuff that happened, um, and the amount of stuff they put in in an eight episode season is amazing. And uh, yeah. this last episode was everything Star Wars ever should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that you, as we pointed out a couple times, the fact how much. How much actual um, story and Star Wars lore they could put into like a three sentences of dialogue? Right. Yeah. Entire entire sections of the story can be told in three to five sentences in a, in one paragraph. I actually really love when they do that. 
You don't need to have some giant monologue telling the entire history of something. You mention two or three lines of it and move on, and it's like, wait, 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 back that up. Yeah. <laughs> a blink and a miss, you miss it moment, but it sets so many things straight. Right. And on the gallery series, I'm anxious to see how much of this did they actually run by George before they actually did it. Because you know Favreau and Filoni both have George's number, and he actually answers the phone for them. Oh, yeah. Mm. A lot of people in Hollywood and uh, in Lucasfilm have George's number, but I don't think he picks up the phone for anybody. No, no. Well, can you blame him? <laughs> so, any final thoughts, guys? It's going to be a long wait until the next season, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because I'm calling that we'll get Andor this summer. And I think Bad Batch is just about ready also. So I'm thinking we're going to get Andor and Bad Batch both before the December. Well, Bad Batch is about ready to go, yeah. We'll probably get yeah. Bad Batch shortly after the first of the year. Andor, they've been filming. Yeah. So. But it's I not the Mandalorian. Both. Yeah. But it's still something to keep you going. Yeah. True. What about you, Derek? Final thoughts? That was my final thought. Yeah. yeah. I kind of stole it. <laughs> okay. Well, See, you gave me an open mic, and this is what happens. <laughs> hey, I'm you not know, supposed to tell people I'm open. Um, I thought didn't know that was a secret. <laughs> well, I I found uh, as I ADD while doing a show can be dangerous. Um, site called Fandom Wire put out a story two years ago saying a Luke Skywalker series in development at Disney Plus. Until we hear, until it's official, I would. And they're yeah. saying, and they're saying it's Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. Oh no, that's straight. This, this is yeah. Oh, it's exclusive. That's been going but, around for a while. That's still going around. Yeah. Um. But there, there's no, there's no sourcing or even saying. Yeah. That. Now, first line, Fandom Wire can exclusively reveal that Lucasfilm and Disney are in early stages of developing a Luke Skywalker series set around the time of The Mandalorian. Well, yeah, of course there's going to be that speculation because look at the finale. They're going going to go there Mm -hmm. and say that. If that's the case, I would. That's when I would bring in, you know, I would relate it to, you know, Tales of the Jedi Temple or something like that. If you're going to do Luke and, and cover him creating the the temple, but that's not what it is. Yeah, and I, and, and and like you just said, until it's officially announced by Lucasfilm, I'm not going to believe it. Well, there's a there's a couple of sites that I kind of trust the rumors coming out of because they have a track record, and Phantom Wire is not one of them. I never heard of Fandom Wire until just now. I've heard of it, but it's um, I put as much faith in what they're saying as I would like Screen Rant. Yeah, Screen Rant is basically the I've noticed is the um, the sci-fi fan, the genre website for anybody who's never been in the genre. Yeah, <laughs> basically let, look at the screen and tell you exactly what's on the screen, and that's about what you get. But before we finish this, did you see what um, Hasbro announced this week? That's related right. to this. That the pre-orders are already sold out. Yeah, for the dark, the Black Series Dark Saber, uh, which yeah. they finally get. Somebody finally gets the Dark Saber right. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Just like wow. every, almost like every other lightsaber they've had. No, most of the other black, the, most of the other um, force effects uh, lightsabers have been between one hundred and one hundred fifty. Well, I th- I think what part of the difference is with this too is the hilt has rechargeable batteries in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I read through it. It has um, what is it? Advanced LEDs for the white on the edges. Uh, you get all the sound effects and all that stuff and motion sensors. 
Uh, it has a progressive ignition, it says. Battle clash effects, molten tip effect, light up hilt, and the first ever Star Wars Force Effect Elite Lightsaber White LED Blade. Yeah. Uh, it's got the metal hilt, which is awesome, and it comes with the stand. But it, all, it comes with the, um, the plug for the blade if you want to take the blade out. And it's got uh, the rechargeable batteries and a USB cord to charge them. I mean, this thing looks amazing. And right now, oh, yeah. there's limit two per customer, according to this. Yeah. On Hasbro Pulse. Did that actually happen? Yeah, well, for the, it's um, sold out, but they'll make more. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we we hope so. Oh, sure, it's two hundred fifty dollars. They're gonna make more, <laughs> and people want it. They're gonna make more. That, you see the new vintage series, um, three and three quarter inch uh, slave one. Slave, slave one, one is coming out. Yeah, yeah, that looks nice. So I I still, still want to save up. I think I may save up to get that Nerf uh, Mandalorian pulse rifle. Yeah, <laughs> I I still I still plan on getting the retro Mando figures. I I am still getting those. Just, just because. Yeah, this uh, I mean, this dark saber is just pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Hasbro, just the plain one that you get for thirty bucks, the plastic toy one, is not bad. That's actually a really good dark saber for kids to play with. Right. They do a pretty good job with that one, but yeah, this one is just this is beautiful. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So, well, if there is not anything else, then I'm going to say, you know, guys, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, you to all our smugglers, you guys as well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, keep an eye out. I mean, I know we tried to do, um, I got to check. I haven't checked it uh, to see if anyone has done the great hyperspace chase on Action Bound. Um, I don't think anyone has. If they have it, I'm going to start put. I'm just going to start going through Twitter and putting up the things through Twitter. Um, so yeah, no, no one's jumped on. So I'm just going to take our various th- things that we've wanted content-wise off Action Bound. I'm just going to put them up on Twitter, and I'm going to keep a notepad on on scores and keep scores. I think I'm going to share the scores with. Yeah, that scoring sequence with with Derek and Ken here as well, so they can help me keep track, make sure I'm scoring right, just the check and balances, and uh, we'll come up with winners that way. Because we've got a great prize pack um, working with Rocky Mountain 3D Printing, and they're they're making us some great crates for for the prizes, for the quarterly prizes. So at this stage of the game, no one's going to get a prize. First crate's not going to be given out at this point in time until March, but we are going to have monthly prizes as well. So, well, also, how many people do we have on the Discord server? <laughs> not a lot because I haven't kept up with it. Yeah. Well, what what Shame is the address? What's the easiest way to get to the Discord server on the? Do you do they have like a regular web address? Discord slash. Uh, it check out our Twitter. I'll put it up again on Twitter. But if you go to our our Facebook page, um. I believe I had the, the hyperspace chase on the Facebook. You could get to our Discord through that. Okay. Which still go on there to chat about you now to get clues and chat with us about different things. Um, I, I probably need to put a link to the Discord page too on the on the homepage. Yeah. But since I'm out on medical leave for for a little bit, that's stuff I can work you on. Time to do that stuff. I got time. Yeah. So. Um, and we're going to try our best to, to get on that Discord page a little bit more. Um, Discord's kind of new to us, and mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I don't know about you guys, Discord's kind of a little scary for me. 
to be on. Yeah, I, it, it's a whole lot more. We've always done this over Skype. Yeah. Uh, being transparent, but it's like Discord's a totally new animal. Yeah. If yeah. we're not talked to other people that have, uh, that do, especially gaming and things like that, they love Discord so much more than anything else. So. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I am going to go through Twitter. Um, and I'll tell you right now, the first, your, your first chance to earn points on Twitter, hashtag TGHC for the great hyperspace chase and hashtag Wookiee Radio and tag us at Wookiee Radio. All three things got to be in the in your post for 100 points. Picture of your favorite Star Wars ornament on your tree. Oh, I got a bunch of new ones this year. I I got I got my Star Wars ornament from the family this year for Hanukkah. I got the rest. Did you see? I got Luke Skywalker's X-wing pilot helmet. Ah, yeah, I picked I up that. I don't I put mine on on. Uh, I don't put mine on my tree. They're they're all back. Ah, there. I want to find a place to display them for the year, and then they'll go on the tree for Christmas. But I, I have the um, I got the Dagobah X-wing, and I got the Yoda. Yeah, the talking Yoda. This one is amazing because it's got the soft skin. But underneath this, the plastic structure underneath moves so that when he talks, the mouth actually moves. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and it's got a soft latex skin on it. I I'm now gonna have to find last year's uh, Boba Fett helmet, which is the 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 Boba Fett helmet was the first in the uh, helmet series. Oh, I have that. Yeah, my dad got me that. I'm gonna have to get that one. I'm, I think I'm that is. Have to wait and see I, what my dad gets me for Christmas. He always, no. always gets me the ornaments. Some of the ornaments. See, I wanted to get the Mandalorian, but it sold out by the time we got to it. Ah. Mm. But Zoe has the Baby Yoda and Pram in the Pram. We nice. pre- I saw that. I, we, didn't, we, didn't we pre-ordered that one uh, May 4th when my mother-in-law <laughs> pre-ordered that one on May 4th when uh, when that one was uh, went up for pre-order. Cool. But I am going to... Um, I am going to get the, uh, I'm going to have to go back and get the, the Boba Fett helmet. Cause I want to say that is the first in the series. Cause I don't remember it the I year before. Me either. I remember I Boba last year. Um, the one I thought was really cool was the, um, metal punch out ornaments. It was an X wing and a tie fighter. And I didn't realize it was actually a six pack. It yeah. was just a flat punched out 2d, um, ornament. So you can have your three with the three X wings and three tie fighters fighting. Yeah. Well, the the other one that I would have wanted uh, outside the Mandalorian figure, which I'll, I'll catch up with him later on eBay, was the Adat. Yeah, that, but that was like all like stainless steel, and I heard it was. I felt the weight of it. And I'm like, God, how is this going to fit on any tree and stay on any tree? This thing's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one I got that's not Star Wars, though, that I saw that is like, oh, I got it. I picked up the Hall of Justice. Oh, that's cool. Super Friends Hall of Justice. When cool. you hit the button, it plays the original Super Friends theme. The one that had the four Super Friends, the Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I found one. It was a Hallmark ornament, but I never saw it in my Hallmark store. I saw it at uh, one of these Disney shops that are around here or one of these tourist shops. They say, oh, we have Disney gifts, and they, cause that's the big thing. That's how they draw you in. But then, you know, they also got the all the third-party Harry Potter and stuff like that, and they had official Hallmark keepsake ornaments. They had the uh, Frank Gorshin Riddler. Like, I don't remember oh, nice. a Riddler ornament ever being displayed. So I'm like, okay, this is one I got to find now for my tree, being the, the anti-Riddler fan that I am. 
kidding. Everyone know Derek will tell you I'm a huge Riddler fan. Yeah. Well, check Hallmark's website. They have a lot of stuff on the website that either gets sold out rapidly in the stores and they still have it in the warehouse or something like that. This was from like three years ago. It was a 20, yeah. 2017, 2018 ornament. No, the one thing I wanted was um, we thought it would be hilarious because um, so, we were at the Hallmark store. We looked through the itty bitties and they got they had um, Greta, the one gremlin, the female gremlin from the first yeah. movie. Vicky wants to. It, the problem is the child is sold out everywhere. She wanted because we have this little wooden sleigh that we don't do anything with. It just sits there. That she wanted to put Greta and the child in the sleigh together. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Wait, they did a child itty bitty. Looking for the child. I don't remember yeah, a, child, a child, child There's a Mandalorian and a child itty bitties. The child is sold out everywhere at the stores and at the um on the website. Wow, wow. There's a couple of I saw. You guys might think this is this is funny because it's kind of gross too. They have you know how they have the itty bitties that sit inside of a vehicle or whatever. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got well, the, I have the Falcon and with Chewie and Han. They have a Han or a, um Andor or a, um Hoth Luke Skywalker with the Tauntaun and he sits in the belly of the Tauntaun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zoe has Zoe has a has the Tauntaun. Zoom zoom, and you open up a belly flap. It has the red, it's a like a larger size, and it has Han, Leia, Luke, and someone maybe Chewie, maybe not. No, Han, Luke, Leia, and one other in their Hoth outfits inside the belly. It's a f- <laughs> and we got that for her back in 2017. Cool, so yeah, I'm looking, uh. Hallmark 2018, the Riddler Batman Limited Edition ornament, uh, 1999 opening bid. That's not bad. Uh, or uh, 21.95. Buy it now. That's not too bad. I, I'll pay that. I'll pay under 30 bucks for this. Or Batman, the Joker, and Riddler Christmas ornament set, 25 bucks. But it, it's it's the Heath Ledger Batman or Joker, which I love his portrayal. I just don't. I'm not keen on this ornament. Amazon has it for thirty bucks. Just the Riddler. Yeah, uh, I think I'll stick with eBay on this. I have to look for ones with best offers where I can throw yeah. an offer. Actually, Walmart has the the uh, Mandalorian ornament for for eight dollars. Uh that one's going to be different than the actual Hallmark ornament. Well, it's the keepsake. Hallmark Star Wars Mandalorian or- ornament. Interesting. They also like have a, the child in the pram for eight dollars. Okay, I, I'll, I'm going to throw red flags up on that on those. Well, it's the um, I did a Google search for your Riddler one, and um, as Homer keeps a Riddler, and that, that's one of just the things under shopping that popped up with those ones. Yeah, because we're talking about it on air. So well, then that's what I've searched the ornaments before. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, we will be back. Uh, we're actually going to be recording again on Two weeks. January sixth, which means the show will the show will be on Sorcerer Radio January 9th. Uh, so you'll be hearing our voices again after this week, after this episode on January 9th. So um, happy holidays, everyone! Be safe, be careful, enjoy your time. And from us to you, happy holidays, and we'll see you on the flip side. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet! I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. 
I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Are you tired of podcasts only covering good movies or bad movies? Where could you possibly turn to find both in one convenient place? There has got to be a better way. Well, now there is. Try the podcast Double-Edged Devil Bill, where Adam and Thomas dive into both a good and a bad film in every episode. Sound too good to be true? Well, listen to this testimonial. Double-Edged Double Bill got me to watch Total Recall and Junior in one night. I was both entertained and scarred permanently. Thanks, Double-Edged Double Bill. Available now on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are streamed. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.